show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolved Studios in LA, Santa Barbara, AM 1290, KZSB, and FM 96.9, Santa Barbara, or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood on Fleetwood's On Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Good morning. Good morning. Such a beautiful day. The sun is shining again in Santa Barbara. What's it like where you're at? It's pretty beautiful here. And if you got to be in your car right now, driving to work, or you're getting up and you're making that first cup of coffee, uh, don't worry, I got you. We're going to hang out a little bit here. My favorite time of day, actually, hanging out with all of you. I look forward to it as soon as I finish for the next day. I had a couple thoughts today I wanted to talk about. So, in your house, who picks out what to watch? You know, because you let's say you got a family, like everybody's got a di- got different taste in something: rom coms, action, horror movies. I don't know. I mean, who picks out what you watch? Well, in my family, I pick out what we watch. Not because I'm a control freak and I've got the remote back off. No, that's not the reason. The reason is because I know what everybody likes and I try to find genres that blend all of these things so everyone will be happy. But you guessed it, hardly anyone ever is. So what I do... We're kind of a family that plops down in front of the television and watches TV while you eat. Um, who doesn't do that? Don't give me any guilt trips. But I sit down ahead of time and I start looking at trailers. You know, I, I need to get ahead of it because I don't want to sit down. My food gets cold and we're like passing the remote and arguing about what we're going to watch. So I uh, I get there ahead of time. I hit the couch ahead of time. And I start scrolling through things and finding a new uh, thing to watch or binge um, that, again, takes into account everybody's taste. So here's my question. This is what I've been thinking about lately. Deep thoughts, really deep thoughts. Are movie trailers just too long these days? I mean, seriously, I turn on a movie trailer. By the time I get done, I've seen the film. And I remember the days, the good old days, uh, where the movie trailers were like 30 seconds and they had our buddy Hal, uh, you know, doing the voice. um, And they built up suspense and then you wanted to go watch it. You're like, click, I got to see that. I'm there. But now it seems like the the trailers go on and on and on and it's the end of the movie. Um, done. I'm done. I've seen it. I don't need to see it. They're too long. What do you guys think? Um, hit me up by the way, Jeremiah at the Jeremiah show.com. Love to hear from you. Unless you're mean, you can keep those ones to yourself. Um, 4th of July. What are you doing? I got a great event for you on the top of the Canary hotel. I like this one because it reminds me of, Maybe being in LA again, Santa Monica at the shores, rooftop, or downtown LA, the peninsula, any of those great rooftop bars in Los Angeles and 4th of July. And when when you're at the shores in Santa Monica, those are the two tall white apartment buildings on the beach. And when you're on the shores and you're up high and it's 4th of July, you look up towards Malibu or you can look down towards Manhattan Beach. You can look either direction and there will be five no less than five firework displays for each city along the coast in either direction it's pretty cool well the canary hotel this july 4th has a uh, 
a rooftop party. I'm going to go. You got to come by and say hi. Um, that's what I'm doing. I also want to talk about what I did last weekend. Um, went up to Hitching Post Winery 2 there in San Yanez Valley. And it was pretty hot, but there was a good breeze going. Sunny day. Um, had a couple nice uh, hoppy poppies. Fig Mountain, I think, makes those. They're really good. Really cold. Frank Ostini was taking care of everybody out there in the sunshine. Jeff Elliott was playing the trumpet. Cool breeze, Jeff Elliott. Uh, Arwen Lewis was up in San Yanez, and she was taking care of the sound. And and anyway, every Sunday for the next three Sundays, um, and the reason I, I've asked Frank, why do you stop midway through summer in mid-July? Because it gets too hot up there. Nobody wants to sit outside. So anyway, for the so you go, there's only three left, and there are some great. There's a great lineup. Arwen Lewis is actually coming. You can check it out on Hitching Post too. Um, and remember the Hitching Post? It's in the movie Sideways. It made uh, Dan Yanez and the Pinos famous. It's a great movie. I got to check that one out. I think I'm going to put that on the list. But yeah, we went up there. Frank took good care of us. Arwen, Jeff Elliott, and uh, you got to get up there this weekend. Arwen Lewis will be on the show again on Friday. And uh, she's taking over the shows on Friday. I'll be there. Don't worry. I'll be there hanging out. But she's going to introduce and uh, interview local musicians of Santa Barbara that are actually playing up at the Hitching Post 2 Summer Concert Series. Um. I'm going to throw this one out there. You know what? Actually, I'm going to save this for tomorrow. But think about it tonight. I'm watching The Ranch right now. If you're, in case you're wondering what I'm binge watching, I really like it, actually. And the characters always have a beef between people that own a Ford and people that own a Chevy. And I remember living in Idaho and Washington and all these different states where that was actually a thing. Ford people hated Chevy people. Chevy people hated Ford people. What is that all about? Let me know. Jeremiah at the jeremiahshow.com. If you got a theory or you just know, I want to hear about that. Maybe we'll talk about that again tomorrow. Um, coming up next, we got Matt Ketman. He is the senior writer at the Independent newspaper. And uh, he's also the author uh, of Full Belly Files. Really, really great weekly. Uh, every Friday it drops. And Matt Ketman is my special guest next. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. My name is Caleb Smith, and I'm the founder and CEO of Peace Bunny Island and the author of Peace Bunny Island. You can find my book anywhere where books are sold. And you were listening to The Jeremiah Show. Hey everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freevee, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com
Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. My uh, special guest today is someone that you've probably read before, but maybe you haven't met him. I'm not sure. I mean, he's he's out there. If you're from anywhere else in the world, uh, you got to check out his writing. It's just great. So my special guest today, Matt Ketman, he's a writer. Now, scratch that. He's a new great American writer. For me, joining the list of the likes of Parawak, Hemingway, Steinbeck, and Melville. Matt is a writer that writes about what he knows. Small towns and the people that live within those town lines. The farmers, the fishermen, the artists, musicians, and restaurateurs. And oh yes, the winemakers. And so who is this Matt Ketman? I'm going to give you a a little clue. We're going to work towards that answer, hopefully, here today. Here's one of his banners. Matt Ketman is the senior writer for the Santa Barbara Independent. He's also a writer at large for Wine Enthusiast Magazine. Talk about a good gig. Matt's in charge of reviewing the wines and covering the culture of the Central Coast and Southern California since 2014. Uh, I got to ask, well, I'm going to keep going here. He's also the author of Vines and Vision, the winemakers of Santa Barbara County. He's written articles for the New York Times, for Time Magazine, the Los Angeles Times, and the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm not finished. Hold on. Matt's a writer at large for Wine Enthusiast Magazine. And this is where I have to pause and ask Matt a question. What the hell's a writer at large? Because I've always wanted I've always wanted to know that, but I've been too lazy to Google it. It's a funny uh answer. First of all, thank you for the flattering introduction, but it's, it's a funny Oh, I'm, answer I'm still because... going. I'm not finished. So. <laughs> uh I was a contributing editor and then we had some uh changes that didn't really affect me other than uh title changes with people that were uh contributing editors at the paper and so they or at the magazine. So they changed us to writer at large it is really kind of a weird title editor at large is a little more common mm-hmm. um so i don't know what it is it really effectively is a contributing editor so okay. and, a, and a critic basically i'm a critic for the magazine and effectively an outside editor for the magazine as well it almost sounds like at large it almost sounds like you're uh there's maybe a little bit of espionage or spying in there i mean there's <laughs> a little bit you know a little subterfuge <laughs> here and there you know yeah, yeah. all sorts yeah. of stuff that's a better word. See, he's the writer. I'm not. Uh, Matt's also in charge. Um, oh, I, uh, well, actually, what are, you're in charge of a lot of things. But um, one of Matt's most fun reads comes out of uh, comes out every Friday morning. Santa Barbara Independent. It's the must read. Full Belly Files. What a great title. Full Belly Files was just named as the best newsletter in the state of California Newspaper Publishers Association. I'm going to read a quote here from one of the judges. Readers walk away getting insights, not just about Santa Barbara food and drink news, but also the perspective and the day-to-day life of a longtime local journalist navigating the regional food scene, said the judge. Matt's voice shines through, and his personal tone and tidbits about his life engage the reader. What did I tell you? This guy writes. And if reading gave you a full belly, and you tried to read everything Matt writes each week, you would be absolutely stuffed by his stories and taking a full belly nap. (laughs) Welcome, Matt, to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. This is yeah. this is already fun, so I'm excited. <laughs> That's got to be fun, right? I mean, you, you and I live in a world of uh, fun, um, good food, wine, great people, and um, you know, if you don't mind, you just told me before we started came on air. You just finished what? What did you tell me, if you don't mind? Uh, I just had a, a lunch with a pretty famous winemaker, Greg Brewer of Brewer Clifton, and they relatively famous chef chef uh, peter mcnee of convivo we we're working on a fundraising dinner for the botanic garden together and so we went and uh, you know looked over the menu and tried some wine and tried some dishes and uh you know all in a all in a hard day's work so 
<laughs> and you wrap it up with a with a little silly interview here with me and i appreciate that um yeah, I i'm the silly one you are not you're very serious and i think that you're uh although it's a fun job um and involves a lot of perks like you just described a lot of fun people um talented people in their own respect uh it's it's also a lot of hard work and um i think uh, on your resume you know you've got this long resume i only touched a little bit on a little bit of it here today so far um i think it should change matt i think you should change it, it should say matt ketman just one line uniquely santa barbara from 1995 to present <laughs> i'd take that it's okay. pretty accurate yeah it's accurate right it covers everything were you born with a pen in hand or how did that start how did you start writing um you know i was born up in san jose where i'm a fifth generation san Josean, um and i uh i don't know you know i was always interested in stories and kind of was creative in my head as a kid i would wander around the backyard thinking of story plots or be out front just shooting hoops thinking of like some you know basketball team that was winning the championship or whatever um and then uh really when i went to high school i went to a jesuit all boys high school called bellarmine in, in san jose and it it taught us how to write you know it really uh, which i don't think a lot of schools do these days and so um and i was always pretty good at it and pretty fast at it and then uh, when I came to uh, UCSB in 95, I uh, actually studied anthropology, um, but got really interested in that really quickly. Thought I'd be like, I don't know, an anthropology professor and go live in some weird jungle for a while. Um, but then uh, towards the end of my college career, I I was kind of done with anthropology. And so they had this minor that was just starting up called professional writing, which now has actually become a pretty prominent minor out there um and i did that and uh we were kind of the guinea pig class so the classwork didn't teach us a whole lot but the uh they made us get an internship somewhere and so i got an internship at the santa barbara independent and uh, i've been there ever since it's been a great place to uh learn every aspect of of newspaper journalism and feature writing and and uh being an editor being a boss developing websites um and I, they've uh you know my boss there has always given me the freedom to and encouragement to write for other people too so right from the get-go i was freelancing and and when you're young and making seven bucks an hour and 10 cents a word you really actually have to write to pay your rent so um i was encouraged early on by the need to pay rent in santa barbara which then was way cheaper than it is now but it was still significant to just write as much as i could about everything i could write about so that's what i did and uh, it kind of led down various paths and and um now i still write about can write about everything but most of it ends up being food and wine both the independent and wine enthusiasts and a few other publications here and there but that's really where my career has kind of found its niche and uh, frankly it's a lot easier than news reporting it's not hard uh, i mean it's not easy but it's not um as hard as as news reporting which i did for many years um which is you know very important work um, but also takes a lot of effort and involves a lot of stress and frankly doesn't pay as well as finding a niche if you can in journalism so uh, yeah. i've been lucky enough to find food and wine and, and kind of follow that path and become a relative uh regional expert in the whole thing well before i ask how you found food and wine um and how you found that path in your niche the did any he said you were encouraged because you were paid seven bucks an hour, 10 cents a word. So you were encouraged because you had to to, to pay rent and pay your bills yeah. and you had to write. Um, yeah. Were you discouraged by anybody in your immediate orbit to becoming a writer? Because I, I mean, I know so many stories. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a good right? question, but no, I mean, my family, it was always um, very encouraging. Um, I think it would have been one thing if, doors didn't just keep opening for me you know if i had been stuck in kind of a rut but really you know my job at the independent i started as a proofreader then suddenly i was you know doing a job as a list a listings editor i was the news reporter meanwhile picking up freelance gigs so it was always kind of snowballing to an extent that i don't think i made anyone too nervous uh it seemed like the career was going in a direction the whole time which was um in part 
you know, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, but also I'm a pretty hard worker. You know, I don't, um, I won't, I'm not afraid to say that. And I, I, uh, don't shy away from that. So, um, and that's what I think may, probably a lot of industries require, but journalism, especially nowadays, it's, I mean, that's, that's the only way to get paid really is to, to do your work and, and to do it on time and to do it well and, um, and just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. So, um, that's kind of what I've done the whole time. And, and like you said, it's, um, you know, it's a cool niche, but it is work, you know, and a lot of times people don't, that's kind of the, the a misconception I get. And it doesn't bother me because I would think the same thing from outside, but people see my job and they go, Oh, how'd you get that job? And the answer is like, I don't really know. I can tell you how I got here, but there's no like path to get here. Um, but the other part is that people forget that it is actually a job. Like it's, you know, yeah. to do cool work, you end up having to do a lot of cool work to make sure that it all makes sense. So, yeah, um, you know, absolutely. so I taste, I mean, I taste like 200 to 300 wines a month, which sounds like a dream, but it's pretty, pretty uh, difficult at times. Um, and I'm juggling a million different things at the same time. So a lot of it's just kind of, I'm a, a pretty good organizer for myself um, and can get things done when I say I'm going to get them done, which is a big part of succeeding in, in any career. What's your trick after drinking and tasting these wines for your job to then staying <laughs> awake while you write the article that you, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, just you, know, you spit them all out, obviously. Um, yeah. and you just get good at not ingesting any of it as, as you're doing it. So like a typical morning, I'll taste, you know, anywhere from, you know, 15 to 30 wines, uh, usually before 10 AM. Um, and then I like to get it out of the, first of all, your, your palate's fresher in the morning. Uh, and I try to get it out of the way because once I open the wines, I got to taste those wines. So I have to get through them before I start to do anything else with the day. And I'm doing, you know, I also kind of am constantly multitasking, doing 15 things at once, including tasting wine while I'm responding to emails, maybe even working on a story. Um, a radio so radio show. Doing a radio show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can't yeah. see, but I can see here on the YouTube channel. Matt's writing with his left hand while he's doing this radio <laughs> yeah, show. <laughs> I was looking at an email earlier before I started talking. But gotcha. <laughs> I can see your eyes moving, my friend. Yeah. He's working hard, but that's okay. I just appreciate the time, any time with you. Um, did you read a lot as a kid? And does that help as a writer? Because I, I read a ton. We were, we were locked, you know, we were in states where it snowed all the time, you know, in nine months a year. And I had to read a lot. So... Um, yeah, I find I think, that I can write okay. I'm not you at all in any by any means, but I can write okay. But I think it came from reading because I would study sentences and structure. And did that? Did you read when, as a child? Yeah, I read a lot, and I was a big fan. Of, I wouldn't say I read an extreme amount when I came to books. Uh, I was constantly reading and remain constantly reading uh, newspapers, magazines, and books as well. Um, mm -hmm. But with books, I was also just a fan of authors you know i took a class in high school called um literature of the counterculture uh, which was a pretty edgy class particularly for a you know all boys catholic school but it was jesuits so it was progressive education but anyway um it was uh literature of the counterculture and we read you know hemingway and we read kerouac and um we, we got into like cyberpunk and read neuromancer and at one point the teacher was like look i can't i can't suggest we would never be allowed to assign this book uh, for reading in this class but you should all go out and find fear and loathing in las vegas by this guy hunter s thompson and i was like okay and i went out and um went to a bookstore and i remember distinctly that it I couldn't find it and they're like oh it's in the sociology section i'm like okay go to the sociology section and find fear and loathing in las vegas which is a drug-fueled <laughs> book you know about the end of the american dream essentially and uh and I read it like cover to cover and I was like pretty blown away. Um, and then turns out when I start working at the independent, uh, you know, one of the main owners of the paper and my boss to this day, Marianne Partridge, she was one of Hunter S. Thompson's editors. Oh, um, she was wow. on the you know phone with him when he blew up the mojo machine or whatever. And she, she dealt with him a lot because she was an editor at Rolling Stone. So it was kind of like a funny, almost meant to be thing. Oh, that's um, crazy. But yeah. yeah, so so I read, I read, but I wouldn't say I was like a, a locked in my my room reader. It was more just like I constantly was consuming information, which I do this day. Anytime I'm sitting at a table or eating, like I love I, lo I love eating lunch by myself or any meal because I can sit there and read a magazine for 
20 minutes and no one bothers me, you know. I remember reading a book about Michael Ovitz, you know, the Hollywood uh, uh, agent turned, you know, Hollywood, you know, uh, studio owner and all that. And he said, if you don't have time, you read, read uh, magazines, um, just read mag- the headline, the story. Yeah. You, got, you know, you got 10 minutes and you get a lot of information. And I started doing that. I love that, that tip. Yeah. And I read, I get the Sunday, Sunday New York Times and they have the New York Times, uh, you know, book review. And so I feel like I read like 20 books by reading, you know, yeah. the, the section of a newspaper. So <laughs> do you ever, uh, did you, did you like, do you like the uh, Nick Hornby books where he does like, I bought this and I read this. Have you ever read those where he's like, I, I read bought 10 one of books. them back. Yeah, back way back when. Yeah, it's been a while though. Yeah, those yeah. are pretty good. Kind of like how you do it though. You go buy, or you used to do it anyway. You'd go to the bookstore and buy like ten that had a great cover, and then you'd read like three of them. And read yeah, them. I I still I buy like a bunch of classic books that I eventually get to, but um, sometimes I don't. Sometimes they're not that good. Actually, <laughs> they're just so dense you can't really right. get through them. But do you worry that readers are going extinct? That your readers that future readers yeah. of your work? Yeah. I mean, I don't worry so much about the short stuff that I write. Um, but, you know, I'd like to write more, but, you know, I wrote a, a wine book, but it was more of like a bunch of series of profiles. So they're fairly, they're basically like a collection of articles, more or less. Um, I, I would like to write more actual book books and I have a million ideas, some of which are pretty well formed, but um I do worry like what is the market for that you know i mean you're always uh because even with the way i've organized my life i don't really have enough time to do more writing on top of what i'm doing so do i ditch a job to focus on actually being a book author and if so will that actually pay the bills and clearly if you hit like some bestseller you obviously it would but i think the chances of that are few and far between. So you, you, you can probably make a career out of it as long as you have an audience and clearly people like my writing. Um, but it's still a matter of like, I actually have been able to develop a, a fairly, you know, steady career as a journalist, which is, which is hard to do in this day and age. Right. right. I don't want to like give up a piece of that for a gamble, at least at this point in my life with kids and all that sort of thing. So one day I'd like to, and, and we'll, and we'll test that. We'll test that concern out. Um, but yeah, very much so. I worry that people aren't really reading books. But I also feel like there's a kind of a resurgence of, of you know, everything goes through cycles, right? So I think, you know, print media. I, I really, let's say it here, Matt. I think it's going to come back. It's going to be cool again. You know, the kids yeah. holding a book and reading a book or uh, I miss the newspaper, you know, the real like thick, like you said, New York Times where you're smelling the, and yeah. You know, you know, yeah, that whole thing. I missed that. I mean, you you can still get it, obviously, but um, it just seems like it doesn't. You don't think about it like you used to. And and no, and it's just frankly physically easier to pick up your phone and scan a few headlines, read a story, and then move on rather than having to you know wrangle a paper, which is obviously not that difficult. But uh, not but as satisfactory though, is it? Like not at all. No, for you kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you think about the? Um, the next line of great authors, those AI authors. And I'm yeah. winking and laughing. <laughs> I tried that. I don't know if you saw the, the full belly files I did where I actually had the AI write a few passages, but uh, it, was, it was funny. It was, you know, it, it, what it showed me, and obviously this is still early stage for some of this stuff, but it showed me that those devices are not threatening at all in the moment to real journalists who report the news, who are at first who are getting primary source material, who are interviewing people who are doing the research themselves, real research, not just the stuff you can find on the internet, which I do plenty of as well, uh, as far as finding stuff on the internet. Um, but they are threatening to people that are just writing kind of, you know, regurgitated copy of stuff that's already out there. They're going to be much better at scouring the internet. Um, well, we have a lot of stuff uh, on actors and screenwriters on this show and they they're they're worried they're legitimately worried and and scared but um and i think they should be especially for if they're writing shows that are not super duper innovative you know if, it, if it's just like hey give me dialogue about give me something funny about you know this or that i had the thing chat gpt i said well, write me a song because i was showing my kids it and i said well write me a song about chickens that eat their own eggs and immediately 
out came this hilarious song that actually had a narrative arc from the chickens moving on to eating worms. And I was like, oh my God, this is a little scary. Like if I was a creative in that realm, I would be a little bit scared. Um, but it did have some weird words in there where I was like, I'm not sure if it knows what a chicken is, but it, <laughs> it, it, it got to the point. You know? That's funny. crazy. Well, the full belly files, man. Congratulations. Just named best newsletter in the state of California newspaper publishers association. Um, I, I wanted to ask you if you would honor us with a read. Uh, I was reading the, the back roads of San Benito and, and it, I love the title because I'm a road trip, anything that has to do with a road trip or the idea of an adventure and a uh, big blue skies and puffy white clouds in front of you and open road. I just love it. So um, would you mind reading the first two paragraphs for us, Matt? Uh, yeah, my pleasure. And this it's funny is because I just wrote the, this was a reporting trip I did for a wine enthusiast feature, which I just actually finished writing yesterday. The, the story that's from this trip, but this is the newsletter that I reported on um, for this trip, which is partially, if you don't know the newsletter, a lot of what you get is kind of my day-to-day -day life uh, of what I'm doing as a reporter prior to me actually writing the story that I'm going to write <laughs> from what you read. So it's kind of a behind, it's a deeply behind the scenes look at what I'm doing. I love so. that. And let me hold it before you start. Um, you guys, uh, you're out there. If the, you don't, you know, for the listeners everywhere else, aside from Santa Barbara, if you don't know where to get that, go to, um, well, Matt, you can follow Matt on his Instagram at Matt Ketman. It's K E two T's two N's M A T T K E T T M A N N. And, um, you can get it at independent sign up at independent.com newsletters, the full belly files. Yes, please, please read this for me. I, I just, I'm going to sit back and dream a little while you do. I will. And also you can, if you just want to see the old full belly files, there's a newsletter, but it also comes out the following Wednesday. Uh, you can go to independent.com slash FBF. I just made a quick one for myself, really, to, to have a quick access for it. So that's just an easy way to go to like kind of the landing page where they all wind up. So FBF. if you want to read ones like the one I'm about to read, you can go there too. So FBF for full belly files. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right. Back roads to San Benito. Far more than enjoying a glass of something especially unique or delicious. My favorite part of writing about the wine industry is driving down empty roads in the middle of nowhere through landscapes that, aside from perhaps more recently planted grapevines, remain almost exactly as they were centuries ago. In fact, when I was asked out of the blue a decade ago to become wine enthusiast critic for the Central Coast in Southern California, the primary reason I agreed was because it gave me so many more roads to explore beyond my backyard of Santa Barbara County. Since then, I've traveled deeply from the Redwood Mountains of Bonnie Dune, fire-scarred canyons of Cachawa, and fog-drenched mosslands of San Simeon to the savannas southeast of Paso Robles and dusty hills surrounding Temecula. But there's still so much more to explore, and that's what keeps me waiting through the more mundane parts of the job, like tasting two dozen wines before lunchtime almost every morning that I'm home. Sounds dreamy, perhaps, but it's pretty rote. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was a yeah. nice read. I like that. Thank you. I, lo <laughs> I love the, uh, what's your next adventure on the road? The back road. Uh, let's see. I'm writing. I went to Bandon Dune for my brother's 40th birthday party. Uh, although he's 43 because of COVID, there was a delay. Um, it's a golf course up in Oregon, or it's a golf resort up in Oregon. We played 90 holes in three days, which is ridiculous because I usually play 18 holes in maybe 30 days. Um, but it was an awesome trip. So I'm writing a little about golf, actually, uh, which is uh, I, would, I wouldn't mind adding a little bit more golf riding to my. <laughs> my career seems like a nice you know I'm, I'm still i'm only 45 so i've still got plenty of years to go but it seems like a nice kind of retirement uh gig perhaps <laughs> covering I think golf. it fits fits in nicely with your portfolio so far <laughs> it does so i'm right about that that was just a couple weeks ago amazing place really a trip i mean like the golf is kind of above my head even beyond my interest level a little bit that much challenging golf but it was an epic all-time trip uh for sure so I highly recommend that. I'm also going to uh, Crested Butte for a cousin's wedding um, this this summer. So I'll probably write about that. We got a Hawaii trip on the books. Uh, I go to Santa Cruz every summer for a while. So, um, you know, a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and this San Benito story, I think, is, was 
is pretty solid. I like what I turned in. So I haven't heard back from the editor yet. So hopefully he likes it too. But, um, you know, it was really a cool time to, to highlight this region, which is kind of, most people don't know where it is. It's south of Hollister, east of Salinas. Um, but it's a, it's a great region. There's a lot of young or at least, you know, newer winemaker interest in the region. Um, and yet it's still like totally bucolic and, uh, you know, undeveloped, which is, you know, increasingly rare in, in everywhere, but particularly in the state. So, yeah. um, anyway, so yeah, there's, there's some stuff coming up. Um, uh, but actually I have a few weeks not going anywhere, which is this year has been super busy on, you know, with road stuff. So, um, I'm kind of happy about that just to hang around. Santa Barbara, because we pay to live here, so you might as well enjoy it. Yeah, isn't it crazy? I know we go. I've you travel the world, and then you get back. And you go. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> everybody no, I, comes I, to Santa Barbara for vacation. I'm yeah. leaving for vacation. It doesn't make sense. There's yeah, so much and that's here. and that's the one of the you know I always count my blessings for living here, and that's always one of the main things that you go travel somewhere super nice, and you're like this place sucks, and you come back, and you're like, no, we still got it. <laughs> We're yeah, still yeah. the place. You know, we still got it. We're the place. Cool. Hey, you, I just saw you. I was surprised, happily surprised to see you um, and put a, a face to the name and the writing on the film this weekend premiered out at the Alcazar Theater in Carboneria, uh, directed by Robert Redfield. It's uh, and, and the journey of Santa Barbara musician Spencer Barnett's more than just a party band, a documentary film is the title. I loved this movie from beginning to end. Uh, and I don't say that very often about film. Uh, it was really cool to see you, to see um, some some people, you know, Spencer, who I've followed since I was in junior high and and through college and all those year, all these years, but also to see Santa Barbara. Didn't Robert do a great job capturing places in Santa Barbara? So if you get a chance and you don't live here, everybody's curious about it. You got to watch this film, not only for for the star Spencer, the Gardner, but the the town, Santa Barbara was it was lovingly showed. Yeah, he he, uh, he did a great job of capturing, you know, the spirit of Santa Barbara and, and Santa Barbara. And I would say kind of multiple uh, eras. Right. And, yeah. and reflecting what it was like, because there was a lot of Santa Barbara that I, you know, didn't I wasn't here for that. Uh, and it was really cool to see what it was like. And you can picture it because I have enough reference points and, and I know Spencer and a lot of those guys in that film incredibly well. Um, but yeah, Robert did a, a really solid job of, of lining that all up. And, and um, um, you know, I, I think the, the question is, will that resonate with people outside of Santa Barbara? And I think, I think it will actually, because too. it's a cool story. And I think Santa Barbara has its own mystique. That's, you know, I've traveled to really weird parts of the world before and they know Santa Barbara because it was the soap opera, you know? And so like yeah. I was in the middle of war torn, you know, uh, Nagorno-Karabakh, east of Armenia. And they're like, Oh, Santa Barbara, we know Santa Barbara. It's like, Oh, you want to hear, I, I love you brought that up. You're right. People, because wherever I traveled and lived in different States, they would say I, the soap opera. Right. And yeah. you, here's a funny little um, trivia thing. When they filmed that opening sequence, that ran for Santa Barbara every single show. I'm in that. Uh, there's two guys. No there's two guys on a beach cruiser at down a Ledbetter Beach. I was wow. like, I think I was like 14 or 15. Yeah, I'm in that opening title sequence. No, no, no royalties though. No, yeah. now that I thanks for bringing that up. You could have, you could have made so millions because it showed, it showed millions of times all around the world. No, you could have got international rights. I should have been a star. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have spun that off into something. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. I wonder if it's too late. Well, hey, I there's also I'm going to mention this, and I, we're out of time, unfortunately. I hope you come back. Maybe we can we can um, wade into some other parts of your sure. life and your your yeah. writing. I'd love to showcase more of your writing on the show here. Um, but I think we did pretty good to get a little get to know you a little bit more. You. Um, you serve on the board and or advisory committees for notes for notes, which I, I, I was not, I don't know how I was not aware of this. Um, I want you to go to notesfornotes.org. I'm going to read it here because we don't have enough time to talk about it, but they pro notes for notes provides youth with free access to music instruments, instruction and recording studio environments so that the music may become a profoundly positive influence in their lives Another one, Santa Barbara Culinary Experience. Um, the purpose of Santa Barbara Culinary Experience 
in partnership with the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and Culinary Arts is to shine a light on our local culinary, hospitality, tourism, artisan, and small business communities. Through the SBCE's partnership with the foundation, a portion of the proceeds from the Taste of Santa Barbara is used to make grants to local organizations making a difference in Santa Barbara County's food system and the Santa Barbara Botanic Garden, uh, plants and people. It's more than a beautiful place. It ex- it's the first botanic garden to focus exclusively on native plants. Santa Barbara Botanic, botanic Garden has dedicated nearly a century of work to better understand the relationship between plants and people. And you can go to sbbotanicgarden.org um, for Santa Barbara culinary exp- uh, experience. Go to sbce.events and notes for notes, notes for notes.org, N-O-T-E-S-F-O-R-N-O-T-E-S.org. Uh, sign up and uh, follow, read, experience our special guest today, Matt Ketman. Um, Follow the food and drink filled life of Matt Ketman every week by signing up for his free newsletter, The Full Belly Files, which is published by the Santa Barbara Independent and sent to your inbox every Friday morning. Go to independent.com backslash newsletters. And what was the other one, Matt? It was independent.com FBF. FBF. Stay tuned for a second edition. And order your own ebook copy of the first edition of Vines and Vision, the winemakers of Santa Barbara County at vinesandvisionsb.com. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeremy. It's been a lot of fun. I'm happy to come back again one of these days. So just let me know. Okay. Well, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. I gotta tomorrow. write the new. I gotta write the new. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, hey, Spencer's on the show on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to that, and we'll talk cool. about you a little. Are you, getting Rob- are you getting Robert on too? He'd be great. Robert's on an hour before Spencer, so we got the Perfect. whole gang here, and John's is coming as well. Um, all right. Uh, stay you. tuned. We'll, we'll be we'll be right back after this break. Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hi, this is Larry Vigon on the Jeremiah Show. And we're back with the Jeremiah Show. Breezes in the top of a tree 
but now you're here Bright in my northern sky Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. That was a great uh, time with Matt Hetman. Matt, thanks a lot. Uh, I wanted to talk about this with Matt, but I didn't get a chance. Have you seen on Apple TV the new series called Drops of God? It turns wine tasting into a high stakes drama. I wonder if Matt has watched this. You get pretty tense watching this drama. It's pretty good. Here's what I also liked about it. I mean, I've never seen anything made about wine that was close to this. I mean, I've seen Psalm, which is great because it's a doc and it's true. But this is like taking Psalm and then turning it into um, just this great thriller. And I'll, I'll tell you about the setup. Drops of God. What an amazing title. It's a story about a family and a competition. Things really kick off with a death. When world-renowned wine aficionado Alexandre Lejar passes away, he leaves behind an incredible inheritance, a cellar packed with 87,000 bottles, widely believed to be the most important private wine collection in the world and worth an upward of $100 million. But instead of just giving it away, he devises a multi-step competition to make sure the booze finds the right home. Two people are given the opportunity to claim this inheritance. Alexandre's estranged daughter, Camille, uh, who is just amazing in this, played by Fleur Giffrear, butchered it, I'm sure, uh, who he trained from a young age to have a sophisticated palate, and his protege, Isa, played by Tomeshia. Yamashita, one of the most promising wine minds around. I'm not going to tell you what happens. You should check it out. Very cool thing about this film on Apple TV, Drops of God. I loved that they went between Japanese, French, and English in a very, very cool way. So highly recommend it, especially if you love wine, wine country, beautiful cinematography really great storyline um i think i'll probably have to watch it again and uh, it's called drops of god it's on apple my favorite i'll be back in a moment but i want to mention uh this week i'm dedicating to spencer and the gardener spencer the gardener his new film robert redfield directed uh the new film is more than just a party band film. I saw this on Saturday night at a uh, film screening at the Alcazar Theater in Carpinteria. Um, again, it's called The Journey of Santa Barbara Musician Spencer Barnett's More Than Just a Party Band. It's a documentary film by Robert Redfield. He's going to be Robert, the director. Robert Redfield will be on Thursday's show, as will Spencer Barnett and John, his trumpet player and who happens to be my neighbor. Check it out at more than just a party band film.com. And if you're, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to find out where we can screen this. Uh, we'd like Robert would like to screen the movie again. So if anybody out there listening has a theater, we could screen the film in. Um, we'll give you a free popcorn. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back with our new hosts and the new show, which was number one last week. Uh, thank you listeners for making them number one, the angel baby show with Elise and Ava Lynn. We'll be right back.
check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, my memoir, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, The Jeremiah Show. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of the Jeremiah Show. So listen. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. I've got a treat for you, and this is going to be a part of the show every single day here on Jeremiah's Morning Show and in the podcast. We're going to bring you our newest hosts with the Angel Baby Show. It's Elise and Ava Lynn. Good morning, girls. And then another thing that I'm super excited about, and this is more on the music side, so you can talk about it, is Taylor Swift is coming out with her yes. rewritten album, Speak Now. Taylor's version. Which I think of like all of her old albums, Speak Now is really to me like the peak of old Taylor Swift music that we grew up with. Um, back to December. Mean. What else is on Speak Now? Mean. Um... Dear John, Dear John, about yeah. John I was just listening better than revenge. So there's like a, I think that's oh, what I it's know. called. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm so excited for that. Every time she has one of her Taylor's versions come out, it's just, it's so fun. Like, what, I just feel like it's so much fun. What if you could pick like the next album she chooses, which one would you want her to revamp? I have no idea. I think Literally for me, no I want 1989. With um, yes, like how, street, yes, me too. And welcome to New York. When she remember when she went very pop, blank yeah, space. Yeah, oh I feel like that was her most commercially. That was a really cute album. I feel like they're what I like about Taylor Swift is she has really cute songs. I know that sounds kind of weird, but like you know how artists like sometimes are really serious or like mm-hmm. like she can be really serious and write really, you know, intense like mm-hmm. songs, but then she can also just write really cute songs that you just want to like bop your head to. And I just like I love her like diversity. Like she just has so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am super excited about that. Super excited about the Barbie movie. And then on the music side of the barbie movie they're coming out with an album so i'm so excited about that no literally I, we were playing um the, one of them already came out by pink panther and I pink panthers her. i don't know if it's plural she sings boys a liar yeah I that boys that a liar yeah no she sings she just has like the cutest tone to her voice but um she came out with a song called angel and it's already like part of the barbie album and then there's also a dua lipa song and there's one more that came out um i forgot the name of it but the um the pink panthers one um angel that is adorable like we were elise and i were listening to it and we were literally like on the verge of tears because they did they've done such a good job with the barbie movie really um sounding like the old barbie Mm -hmm. movies like angel sounds like the old barbie soundtrack because the old barbie movies had music too Mm -hmm. so it's really really interesting to i can't wait for that whole album to come out i think that's going to be when that comes out in the theater we're getting dressed up oh for making it a yes no that was something i saw i loved this i saw this on tiktok where it was um the boys i don't know if anyone remembers this but for the minions movie it was like a big deal for like kids at the time all the like boys girls too but like a lot of boys got really dressed up for it like they got full suit and tie for like the minions movie like it was kind of funny and all the girls now for the barbie movie are saying they're going to do the exact same thing but for the barbie movie in theaters get super dressed up high heels barbie 100 percent full out 
and um, watch it in theaters, which I think is so fun. That's I'm so excited. We definitely have been. There's so many things to look forward to, and there's also the documentary. Yes, that Ava's going to talk a little bit about today. Yes, no, it's so exciting. So I got to talk to um, Wham with George Michael's old music manager um simon napier bell and he directed this documentary this new documentary the real george michael and that's coming out on george michael's birthday Mm -hmm. um july late july and it's super exciting too because it's coming out in pride month and he's like this amazing um like really beacon of light for like a lot of gay men at the time and like even today um, and he was a huge philanthropist. There's so many things in the documentary. I got a little sneak peek of it. Um, and he, there's so many things that you didn't know about George Michael. Um, he, in case anyone doesn't know, he sings Careless Whisper. He sings Last some Christmas. of your favorites. Yes, he's, he's, that's true. Wham sings. I love George Michael. He sings yeah. Faith. Faith. Um, so many songs. Literally so many Wake songs. Wake me up before you go, go. Yeah. Sounds like we know. No, he's yeah. the 80s. Like, I know. Yeah. You know. No, we definitely grew up on George Michael yeah. and he, I'm so excited for, um, for this interview, for you guys to hear this interview, for you guys to watch mm-hmm. the documentary. Um, it's really informative. Um, but yeah, no, hopefully you guys listen to last Christmas to get into the mood um, of George Michael and yeah. Wham and um, yeah, it should be good. Ava, I'm jumping in here. This is Jeremiah and Elise. Hi. The interview you did is excellent. And one of the points that you just touched on, I wanted to bring up um, how George Michael, when he came out, he cha- there, there really wasn't um, mainstream at all. That was very brave uh, at the time. Ellen and all of them you know, came out. The, I couldn't even listen to George Michael as without being made fun of like guys that's how bad it was back then you couldn't even listen to his music back then as a stray guy and not be made fun of so i i think what you did with that interview is just amazing oh awesome thank you back to you guys okay oh my gosh well um but yeah super excited for the documentary so many fun things coming up in july that both of us are super excited about mm-hmm. and yeah i think we're gonna go into break pretty soon thanks elise and ava uh can't wait to hear that interview that you did ava but that's on thursday's show so you're gonna have to wait a little bit a little bit longer but up next <clears throat> mornings with mariel and melissa on out comes the sun Today, they've got actor Sean Avery. Man, I loved him in uh, uh, Patriot's Day with Mark Wahlberg. Really good. Enjoy. It's This is comedian Maz Jobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. This is it, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a good man. 
My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 